podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When you get a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, it comes from the police. And from your mother. And your best friend. And your family. We want you to buckle up every trip, every time. Three out of four people ejected from a vehicle in a crash will die. If you won't do it for yourself, do it for us. We like having you around. Click it or ticket. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Right, that's the team, Sean. Good evening. Welcome along, everybody. Great to see you all there. Starting to light up the chat there. Shawnee Lawson, Master of the Disaster, Owen Conway, Dave Lennon, Dan Bailey, Dan Bailey, Dave Pritchard. There, he's in the house as well. Um, anybody else wants to come along, I'll give you a shout out. I think I'll do a shout out. I think it's going to be like a radio show. Shout out to all the people there listening and watching there out there in the houses and then fucking down to now and getting the vaccinations and having the drinks with us. Right, tonight on the forum, we're getting over the I think the word that they used um, like in a responsible manner is absolute ball sack of a clusterfuck at the weekend. <laughs> um, we're going to try have a look at what's going down. But beside me, <laughs> on my left, right, <laughs> is ah. Neil Gray. <laughs> down below me Neil. is Ray All right, lads. And right. down there is... Jesus, this is like doing reverses. Is is Pete again? Pete, all the way from Barcelona in his closet. Um, someday Pete's going to come out of his closet and he's going to surprise the world. Anyway, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> that's, the, that's what it is. Of course, we have Nilo in. We have Ray Dicko Dicko coming from his shed. Nilo is coming from his cell in Mount Joy um, and bringing in many <laughs> other things he did from, from on his phone. So it's all good. Um, as A. Loranger is in as well. Mohammed Farouk, now Andy. That's right. Andy is grounded tonight. He's not allowed out to play. Um, he's off working out my theories on the simulation. Right, um, tonight, lads, we're going to be looking at the bigger picture. We're going to be looking at the smaller picture, which they don't use that well. We're going to be looking at other things that uh, Ray and the lads had it, and we're also going to be talking about um, something the old triangle goes jingle jangle. The L triangle that does indeed go jingle jangle. I better keep up the okay. And then we're going to be having a look at the media, talking about the bigger picture and the little picture and what they like to do with all the pictures because uh, they love the pictures. Right. Yes. Master disaster. Andy is on John Henry's yacht. I've managed to get him a little trip around Hout for uh, his birthday, which was his 40th birthday two weeks ago. So it's definitely is my is little still birthday. still going on about that fucking birthday. Fuck's sake. Yeah. He's, ta- he's taking pictures of the of live from the yacht in, in the champion's room. Right, lads. First topic up tonight is is my topic, um, and it is the impact of this season. Right, I want to talk to talk to us about the impact of this season because, and it's really important that we talk about this. Um, the most important thing here is when people talk about this in general, in in general, on the back of what's going on, an awful lot of this is let's just write off the season and we go again next year. Right, let's just write off the season, we go again next year. Now. 
I don't think I'm not I'm not at one extreme or the other, but I think you can't just write off the season. You can't just say fuck it, let's not qualify for anything and we'll just finish eighth or something like that. We aren't going to lose masses of bodies, but we do need to recycle this team. And where we finish is going to have a massive impact as to what we can do next season. And Ray, you put an interesting thing in the chat with the lads earlier on about what the points left in this squad is. If, for example, we weren't to sign anybody in the summer and we just had to go with a fully fit squad. So, Guan, I'll let you give me your take on where we are as a squad and a team in the current situation with the manager and the players we have, ignoring that we sign anyone. So just the current squad I want to work off of. Yeah, because, I mean, if you go by our recent windows, there's no splash signing coming along in the summer. And, you know, based on the business model that um, FSG have been operating, like, how can we expect um, us spending, you know, even 50, 60 million in in the transfer window? We already know that City have got 200 million. Funny Funny enough, they promised Pep 200 million when things were looking a bit shaky earlier on in the season for City. Um, so I, I guess uh, Pep will still expect to be able to spend that money and reinforce in the summer. So with that, with that happening, and as you say, Phil, as basing our assessments on the squad that we've got right now, you know, my my view on this is that okay, we've had the injuries, we've had a lot of bad luck, we've had COVID, we've had no crowds, um, a lot of things have gone against us this season, and we're going to end up with a points tally that no one would have imagined, I, I I guess, at the end of the season because of all of that. Um, but even with a fully fit squad now and with these players where they're, where they're at, with key players like Firmino who seems to have gone into terminal decline, um, you know, I think our range next season is 80 to 90. Uh, and realistically, I think City have got a range, especially with these reinforcements of ninety to one hundred again. So mm. we, un- unless we, unless FSG, unless uh, Klopp, you know, a combination of S- FSG uh, investing and Klopp finding and identifying the players to spend that money wisely with, um, I think we're still gonna be looking at a gap of about 10 points to City next season, unfortunately. And it might be that we, we we absolutely nail second or third place, no problem. We're not in this mess that we're in now where we're trying to um where we're trying to struggle for fourth place and it's starting to look like a distant target every week, game by game. But yeah, I, I think it's kind of it's dawned on me really that um over the last couple of last couple of games in particular that even if this even if this injury situation clears up, that we are we we found ourselves behind uh, Man City all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Pete, you've been critical of FSG on this pod to over the last two or three occasions. So I'm putting it to you that when I'm talking about the impact of this season, the last time to get us over the hill, and I'm talking about the champions, the winning the Champions League, consolidating our top four position, and then winning the league title. Across three transfer windows, they signed Salah, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Van Dijk, Fabinho, Alisson, Keita, and Shakiri. Okay? So now I, I, I get people's complaints and moans about them not spending while we were on top. But with this summer ahead of us and looking at what we've done, is it not fair to expect that they are prepared to put their hands in their pockets in the same manner as they did to get us over the hump the last time? I think, 
you were dealing with extraordinary circumstances and you're right i have been critical i haven't been critical i don't i'm a little bit different i don't really expect you know 300 million to be spent on 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 players at liverpool i just don't expect that i mean i'm grateful that we have owners that are responsible and that are looking to balance the books however i would have expected and Andy will probably kill me for this if he's listening in from somewhere. I would expect a contingency plan based on disaster recovery. I mean, the whole, everyone knows that it's not like coronavirus. Coronavirus has been around for a year. We knew what the consequences were going to be, empty stadiums. I would expect uh, people that own an, an empire as vast as the FSG shareholders own, I would expect them to build a contingency and even to dig into their own pockets and say, okay, we need to build a contingency that's worth 80 or 90 million to get us. I mean, considering the injury situation, considering the lack of depth, I mean, if you look at Roberto Firmino, I don't think he's disimproved as a player. I think the guy is just bollocksed, to be honest with you. He's knocking on knocking on the door for 30 and he has no competition. It's a, it's a, it's a combination of both of those factors for him and the goals have dried up. I think Mohamed Salah carrying us, to be quite honest with you, with his goals. When when he doesn't contribute, we don't function. So, well, yeah, Phil, I would expect a contingency. And sometimes, you know, they say in, in business, speculate to, commu- to, to accumulate. And to be fair, it's not as if crowds won't come back now in September. They know it's not like they're throwing 60, 70 million out the window. They know they're going to get it back. And what's disappointed me, and like I said two weeks ago, is okay. to, to, have to, to have to wait, you know, for the last minute for them to replace a centre-half that we don't have. You know, that should be that should have been Jan 1 stuff, to be honest with you. And then looking at Bobby's situation, saying, OK, we need to give him a kick in the arse and give him a rest at the same time. And, you know, and helped Salah and Mane out with the goal situation. For me, it's reactionary stuff. And I listen, my, my line is fantastic. They've balanced the books. They've made a strong, you know, world perspective as well, to be honest. Yeah. Nilo, for, yes, you, for you, what is the impact of of massive failure that this season is. And the, oh, like, oh, 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 that's a massive failure. That's your opinion, right? Okay. Who's to say it was? A, who's to say it's a massive failure? The season isn't over yet. So nothing's been de- not, not, has been decided. Yeah, well, you can't say it's a massive failure this season. Man, nothing not has been finalised yet. Like, okay. By our standards, um, to say like to think what. I kind of agree somewhat with what Peter was saying. To get to achieve what we achieved with kind of a small group of players and not to make that group bigger this year, the fatigue was obviously going to set in. And I agree with the Bobby thing as well. And it's fatigue that's it's kind of across the squad. And I think it was to be expected to, for the two seasons that they had previous. So to expect Liverpool just to challenge this year to be up at the top, I think it was a misnomer from the start, in my opinion. Um, and to say, uh, and then if you're talking about City spending 200 million and FSG may, may not spend any money, nobody knows that yet. I mean, they could spend a heap of money in the summer. This is just purely speculation. And I think it's a little bit of a shit the bed stuff before it happens. So everybody just needs to calm down. Like, it's, it's, it's like we'll, we'll get top four. I'd be fairly confident in that. And like, who says we have to win the league every year? It's silly. We, it took 30 years to win it the last time. All of a sudden, we have to win it every year now. It's silly, 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 silly. I'll admit, Neil, oh, I have to clean the sheets today. Yeah, well, it's near time. Because <laughs> you, you, you well, shit Neil, there before Christmas. 
Neil, I, I would, I would, I would say to you that you are basing that on sweet fuck all based on this season. It's just like you're basing your your argument on sweet fuck all as well. I, I'm not really because when I look at well. it, I, I'm saying we have gone now with twelve games since Christmas and we have won two. Yeah, yeah, we've got twelve games left at the end that. of the season. At we this like rate, we will probably end up on fifty-three <laughs> points. Fifty, yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> we can't beat Brighton. We can't beat Burnley. We can't beat Newcastle. We can't beat West Brom. We can't beat anyone that basically doesn't come and attack us. Well, I have to admit, they've got a shit at the minute, right? I mean, okay, everybody so can what, see that. But, but you reckon we're going to get top four? So to get top four, we have to get about. Listen, I said we're going to get top four based on absolutely no mathematics. Are no, looking at the this, table. But, but this is my point, and the question here is. Assuming that we don't get top four, because we'll have to get at least 32 points from the remaining 39 on offer, which means we need to win at least nine of the of the last 13 games, which would be an incredible run for this oh, we don't team need to go on. We have an extra one. No, we've got 13 games left. Okay. We need 32. We'll need about 32 points, which is 72, because despite everyone going on, oh, this is a terrible season and points and everything is close, it's not, because most teams in, tour, in, in second, third, and fourth position are generally in this point range at this point of the season every year. And normally somebody has run off at the top of the league. And I guess what? Somebody's run off at the top of the league this season. Oh, yeah, I guess and who it is. It's Manchester City. I, and oh, I've, I no issue, I, I've, I've no issue with this. But I'm saying to you, to get into the Champions League, unless unless the bar is set lower than most years, so in the 60-point range, we are not getting into the top four. And if we don't right, get into okay, the top so four... Okay, so say the bar is set a little bit lower because this season is such an aberration and such a bag okay, of shit. So it's not so an aberration. Not for points. It's not an aberration. It's a, that's a falseness that's out there and a myth. It's not an aberration. It's a falsehood. There's no such word as a falseness. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I can make up regardless. Words I want. That's regardless. how words are invented. Regardless, then, I'm going to say. Regardless. Okay, it's that new word as well. Well, should we, if we don't get into the top four as well, like, what's the? Why is there such a fucking panic? I don't, I don't, I really don't get it. Like, like this year, it's a big drop off this season. That's, that's the point that's, of this question that I've posed to you. Just the way it is. What's, like, why are we? Why are we? Yeah, but why is everybody panicking so much? Like, maybe okay, we'll be think, over the league next year. So fuck it. Well, we might. We, the, chances are we win the league next year. There's about seven answers to that question, Neil. There's about seventeen right. answers to that question. But, but Neil, I, 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 I am the, more. What is the big deal if we don't get that far? I am more in. I am more in your. I'm more in your boat to think that it's not going to be anywhere near as bad as people think it's going to be if we get top four. But it's we aren't going to be challenging for a title. You you cannot expect us. You cannot expect us to be challenging for a title if we end up outside the top four this year because the players that we could have attracted as Champions League club. We'll have to go a tear down the same way as we went. See, to I don't agree down. with that. I don't think of that. These are professionals. Pay them enough money and they'll sign. Yeah, but we're not going to because their contracts are incentive laden. We we have a different contract and a different incentive based system on our wages than <laughs> than other teams. Yeah, but do. You're, you're contradicting yourself. Yeah, but how come we attracted the best centre half in the world and the best goalkeeper in the world then when we needed Cause them? Because we're in the Champions League. But we gave them loads yeah. of money, man. But we were in the Champions League. Yeah, but no, we gave them loads of money. Clubs, hang on, let's be clear here. Chelsea were in for uh, Allison, uh, Van Dijk, uh, Manchester City were, were sniffing around Van Dijk and Manchester United. Both of those clubs, I know Manchester United didn't make a solid offer in the end because unbelievably they went with Lindelof six months beforehand. But believe you me that the financial offers to both of those players would have been better at other clubs. The, the key factor was the club conversations and what he's going to build and what, you know, because we don't pay. I mean, we're not huge payers. We're incentive payers as a club. We say, what you're going to achieve, you know, your, your riches are going to be based on that. When you don't have the opportunity to 
to base those incentives on the Champions League, it changes things dramatically. So if you're, for example, if you're aiming at a player like I'm spitballing here, Mbappe, you need to reset your sights to somebody a lot lower than So it changes your expectations. That's what the panic is, Neil. Where we, we, and plus, you must remember, nobody, no matter what we're saying, nobody would have been factoring this. And they, they would have thought, okay, at worst, we're going God, to sail no. into top four. We may not win the league. But all of the, if we have a shortlist of five players in each position, three or four of them would have been under the provided they would sign for the Champions League club. This would be, if we don't make top four, I don't care what the, what the comments are saying uh, uh, going across the screen. It's an unmitigated disaster because nobody would have planned not to. Simple. Peter, I, I think, do value I your think, opinion. Don't get me wrong. I do value your opinion, but I don't agree with it. I think, I, I mean, they're probably the expectation is probably not just to qualify for the Champions League, but it's probably all based about getting out of the group and getting into the into the knockout stages. I mean, I think... I think United at one stage had, had everything based around um, qualifying as far as the quarterfinals because they were that consistent on getting there year in, year out. And I think the club's finances and, and everything associated with it will be based around getting to a certain stage in the Champions League. The Europa League will cost us a, a, a small fortune. Not being in Europe altogether will cost us even more. And you're right that the the calibre of player that will suddenly want to come to a, um, for all the advantages of us not having these additional games. And and I'm I'm in this camp of almost, if we're not in the Champions League, we may as well not be in any European competition just to kind of almost give ourselves to a be honest with you, Ray, I worry, I, the Champions League next don't, season. Don't just worry about the players that won't sign. Don't just worry about the players that won't sign. Worry about the players who will want it. To be honest with you, that's my Very biggest true. concern. It's holding, yeah, holding yeah. on to players. Because I completely disagree with you here, right? Because I'll tell you one thing, and it's the same as what happened when Juventus got relegated in Italy, right? So many of those players want to right the wrong that happened in the season that's just gone, right? You, if you don't think there's going to be a massive amount of pride in those players, if they don't finish in the top four, given what happened with Van Dijk, given what happened with Gomez, given what's happened with Henderson, with Fabinho, and all that through the course of the season, we will get at least one more season out of the majority of that squad, right? Now, the only, granted, the only issue... Granted, granted. The, well, tell me, what, what, has, what has Mohamed Salah done wrong? What has Mohamed what Salah done wrong? What has he done what wrong? Has, do you, like there's like, but Pete, the team football is a team game. It's not based around. He will leave. He's the, well, Mohamed he Salah leave. will leave. He won't, he won't leave. I'll tell you what. If we don't I'll get Champions League, leave. he will go. And he'll be ready to go. I'll tell you why he won't leave. I'll tell you why he won't leave. Because one, he's too close to the end of his deal, and he'll net a huge, de- he'll net a huge deal if he hangs on for another season and get a much bigger wage packet. Two, Real Madrid well, don't yeah, have I money thought to we sign him. Big three, three, Barcelona don't have the money to sign him. Right, so his natural landing points are are very much limited in the pandemic season that we're dealing with. To be honest with you, the only play- teams that could potentially f- afford Salah is Manchester City and PSG, and PSG aren't going to sign him because they're going to go out to to. I'd say PSG might go after somebody like Mane, but I think there's a bigger chance that PSG might come in and give us forty million quid for Firmino because Firmino's shit, and I'd be letting him go. Ahead. Not sure. The fella is done. I just He's feel. As a, as a I feel. I, I feel. Mohamed Salah has been so consistent, even this year. Even this year, despite our crapness, he's the one no, delivering no, the goals. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm not counting that. I'm 29. But I go back to, if you take this squad of players and don't add anyone in the summer, right? Okay. Accepting that Wijnaldum's not going to be here up. next season, he's off, right? The reliability issues you're going to have, Matip and Kaiser aren't suddenly going to just appear, just disappear. 
right? So you're going to be hoping for, and then Milner's going to be 35 or 36 or whatever age he is in that squad, right? Which means next that, summer. Which means that, okay, so you've got a front three potentially of Jota, Salah, and Mane. You've got a middle three of Thiago, Jones, Henderson, and Fabinho, because we're saying that at least you get a season then out of Van Dijk, Gomez, hopefully, and another centre back. Now, I don't know, like, you say you take the option in Quebec or something like that, right? And Quebec mm. and, and Massa by your four centre backs that you have there. So you get a full season out your three, of, of your centre backs. Plus, then your two full backs are Trent and Robertson with Allison and Goal, right? My argument here is what's the points total in that squad? What's the, the discussion here is what's the points total in that squad that we have at the moment? Outside of worrying about outside of worrying about what competitions you're in or whatever, and to me, that's a Champions League squad. That's a top. That that yeah. is a top four squad with those players, right? There's no excuses not to get top four in a normalised season with fans in the stadiums with that squad. Mm. The issue is that's your first eleven. Once you go past that layer of players, you've got the, the replacements just aren't there. Right, the replacements just aren't there, and we're we're banking then on not having a significant injury crisis in the same way as we've had this season, and that to me is the biggest question mark we have over. It. And the second biggest question mark, and this is where it goes back to the impact of this season. It's not even about transfers. Before you get into the FSG and the transfers and everything with this, and I'm sorry for barking on, but it is my topic. This is why I brought it up. Is the next bit is mm. the evolution of our team under Klopp. Since he's come in, mm. it's been four three three. It's been that three lads up front. He, he in, in terms of what it is, teams have figured us out, and I'm not having it that, that they haven't. You can't go on the yeah, run that we had on Christmas, and then look at what we're doing since then, and not realise that the system isn't working at the moment. Okay, for a multitude of reasons, injuries and everything like that, but the system isn't working at the moment, and teams have figured out a way to nullify the attack, the, the the threats of our fullbacks. It's very so simple. That, you can't have sixty five percent of the ball and and not score goals and not have been figured out. You're absolutely right. That's the thing. Yeah, you yeah, know, but we're surely the, the players that you have. Sorry, surely the players that you have. Like I'd agree with what you're saying there, Phil. Believe it or not, surely the players that you have available to you dictate the tactics that you're going to use, right? So we're trying to play a style of football we've been playing that has got us everywhere we needed to get to in the last previous two seasons. But yeah, but now we're trying to play with players who are haven't got the ability or the tools to play that same style of play. So that kind of, ha- I know that's the way the philosophy of the club, but it's still, though, that's, it's a bit silly in my opinion. Do we not agree, no? Surely the players dictate the tactics and not the other way around. I get you, and that to me is the biggest issue here, Neil, because the players that no, we I have at the think, moment. I just think, I think, to be honest, I think. No, go on, Peter, finish off, because I, I think there's, there's, a, there's a good point here to be made around the issue that I have with no, Klopp I, I think, I, Valence, it's, it sits in there. At the I moment. think the rest, I think the rest, yeah, yeah. No, I think, Phil, the rest of the Premier League, for example, Ralph, Ralph Hassenhutl, managers like that have figured us out. They've, they've. It's like watching boxing. They've kept us at arm's length. You know, if you don't let this this fighter get in on Shane, you know, he's his his left hook is not going to is not going to destroy you. Teams have figured this out. Oh yeah, I'm not saying figured this out. We're still playing our pretty football. We're still keeping the ball, but it's just not effective in the final because teams have figured out how to pain do. So you need to. That's easy for you to say, Peter. I mean, I know, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Was there, yeah, I, I think. Yeah. I think. I think the reception's gone down at the closet. You know, it's 
it's painful to watch. Painful. Yeah, to watch. Well, you need to put a euro <laughs> in the <me>, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but can I? Can I? Can yeah, I just? Maybe, maybe can I just the, this, the gods this, don't want me to. No. But as this this sort of goes goes on to the point I was going to make was is that the biggest question mark I have around this run is Klopp himself, and then this is not to get at him or have a go or say that he's not a good manager or he's failing miserably, but sometimes in the midst of a storm, fact you just back, said it's not to say he's failing miserably means he's failing miserably. It's not Neil. It's, it's not a way I just like to to, to store. But like, but to go back to your point, Neil, you said you play to the best of the players you have available, right? Yeah. That four three three is not playing. To the, to the strengths of the players we have available and often you see in managers when things happen like this they stick to what they the system more so to what they believe in as opposed to the players they have because it requires to believe more in the players than necessarily the system and if I look at that team we shouldn't be playing the style that we're playing at the moment because it's not delivering the chances or the opportunities that we need to do and the only time we've changed is that the an system, no, it, I don't know I think or is it an insecurity I don't even think it's an insecurity. I think it's I think it's a case that when you're in the midst of an absolute hurricane going on around you, that you revert back to what you truly believe in and truly understand. And that's that's your security blanket. As a manager, that's his security blanket. That's the way he, he set this team up. This team has been built to play a certain way. And this is what they've worked on in the training ground nonstop. Coach, 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 right? But the two times recently that we've looked incredible is when he stepped away from the 4-3-3, put a diamond in midfield against Spurs and the diamond in midfield against Crystal Palace and played to the strength of the players he has, has available. And right. I think like when we look when we talk about releasing or getting the best out of Thiago and then you look at the functional midfielders that he has around him and not necessarily the guys that are, are gifted. And then you keep looking at this thing about him. I know he's trying to play his best players at centre back, but fuck me, play two centre backs and put your best midfielders in midfield. Like I, 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 this goes. Remember when Rafa was there and he was always sticking square pegs and round holes, and we weren't ever achieving what we thought we could achieve with the squad that was there. And you look at it and say, stop, stop sticking midfielders in in, in a centre back at this stage. You went out. I know they might be the best, but Jesus, two centre backs playing at centre back and putting your best screen. But that's that's the that's the issue. Yeah, I think this is snow. I think this is snowballed because it kind of we 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 were getting by initially with 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 those kind of scenarios of having to play players out of position, and you know it started off with Fabinho, um, like being absolutely brilliant and and essentially being kind of Van Dyke esque, really, and then it just kind of gradually kind of turned into you know more injuries and okay well we'll have to start playing Hendo at centre back now and before before you know it he's sort of going further and further down this road of sticking to the system whilst just kind of gradually having to play more and more players where they're not naturally suited to play um and and it just seems to have kind of it just it just seems to have gathered momentum and 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 it's about, even as fans, I think we've been fooled into thinking, well, look, we played well enough against, you know, the likes of West Brom to get the win, but it didn't happen. We played well enough against Newcastle to get a win. It didn't happen. We played, you know, we started, I think, fooling ourselves into thinking that we were doing well enough to justify keep keeping at the same approach and methodology and actually as the get if you kind of step back now and you look at all the games we've actually got progressively worse you know to the point where against Everton I don't look I don't think we've been absolutely catastrophically bad but 
we've not we've not improved. We've actually got gradually worse to the point where one goal many, how, in how, five league games. I mean, we talk a lot about the defense, but the whole thing is just broken now in terms of you know. To be honest, to be got, honest with you, Ray, got some. Sorry, Pete. Sorry, mate. Go ahead. No, how many say, games? I mean, I love Bill, I, I love Jordan Henderson. I love him. But how many games have we won with Jordan Henderson playing centre half? And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Listen. I love the guy. He needs to be in the team no matter what. And it's not about him. But why break two areas of the field when one is broken? Why not play a centre-half at centre-half? I don't care if he's 19, 20. I don't care if he's not a fashionable name. At this stage, if you don't trust your squad, that's the squad you've built over four I th- years. I think it's because how important the two fullbacks are to the way we play. That's why Sanderson's in there, because the fullbacks are in integral to how we play it's nearly more important than the almost more important than the centre midfield so I think that's why he's, he reverts to Henderson as centre half to, to be honest with you Ray there's a, there's a part of me this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous that's relieved that Jordan Henderson is going to get rest even though it's too injury <laughs> and not have to play centre back because it seems to be flying over people's heads that we're not winning games with Jordan Henderson at centre back we are not winning mm-hmm. games with Jordan Henderson at centre there's, there's a multitude of reasons I'm just tired of watching uh, Fabi was a one-off. It's a different type of player. He's more comfortable. That's a Rolls-Royce type. You can read the game. Jordan Henderson not playing in midfield. And what you have with him playing centre-back is just... For me, if something doesn't work twice and three times, you change it. This whole stubbornness... Sometimes Klopp reminds me of Arsene Wenger an awful lot. Wait, Arsene Wenger went down with the ship. He was like, this is my idea. And people actually mm. forgot how intelligent that man was because of his pardon my language his fucking stubbornness and I can see Klopp going the same way I know listen far be it for me to question a man that has achieved what Jürgen Klopp has achieved but if something doesn't work the basics of common sense in football should tell you stop fucking doing it it would take you're, you're destroying Jordan Henderson's season take him out of centre put him let him do what he does and trust trust a young player that you've, you've signed and that you've told you've put a squad number on his back let him it's gone. It's it's ridiculous at this stage. But do you not do you not think? And I, 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 look, I want to move on from the topic and move on to the next one. Um, which because it, 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 we're leading naturally into this around the centre back bingo here that we that we're talking about, right? Mm. Like the, the, the fact is, I I got why he put Hendo in there until we signed two lads on transfer deadline day. I got why he played them there. To, so that they could bed in and then they had a week to sit into the system and learn what was going on. I think Phillips hasn't put a foot wrong when he's played at centre back for us. He's not he's not pretty, right? And he's not quick. But Jesus, there was you know, you have that dickhead character in the media saying that he's gone to, that that he wants Connor Cody to come and play for Liverpool. He's the idea fella. And the the, the shite that, that was talked by Carragher at the weekend and again on Monday Night Football was just it's just baloney. Like the fellas uh, what drives me mad sometimes these fellas try to go out of their way to show that they're not biased in their commentary and they end up just looking like like gimps when it comes to talk about the, the stuff. But he I, was spitting on kids there a few fucking years ago. Mind him, he's not. We won't go. We'll go down, go down that route, Neil. Too late. We've like, already gone there. But but uh, like for me, the, for me, the problem I have is when when I look when I look at it, I'm saying right, you got three fellas there. You've signed Davies, you've signed Quebec, and you have Phillips there. Right, you're happy to put them in alongside a midfielder. How much worse could it be putting them inside another centre back? I know they're untested, but every, we've we've had eighteen now 
centre-back partnerships this season. We've played 25 games. And I'm talking about 18 different partnerships this season. We've played 25 crazy. games. Really crazy. What, what, yeah. Like, what, like, why not just go with two of these fellas and say, right, we have an option here? Your man Davies, when he was being signed and they were talking about him, they said he's a very intelligent defender with good pace and can cover for the other centre-backs. The one thing that both Quebec and Phillips look like they're missing is pace, right? Mm, so, yeah. and we know Williams is, seems to struggle with pace as well. So the only fellow that lo- that's meant to be quick is Davies. And I get that it might be a long-term project, but we don't have time for a long-term project. It's sink or swim yeah, time. Yeah, a long-term project. Now, it, it was is, fucking yeah. madness. Yeah. No, absolute madness. So, who, who was, right, Bingo, was, yeah, said that was, Bingo was yeah. yours. Go on, sorry, I, I didn't mean to jump it up, but go on. That's okay. No, look, I, I, I'm I'm now firmly of the belief that the way forward um, is to play two centre-backs. And, and right now, based on what I've seen, I know Kabak had his shaky moments uh, against Everton, but, you know, he put in a, Put in a man of, man of the match performance in the in the Leipzig game. I, I think it's time to give uh, now that the injury curse has hit again. I think it's time for Kabak and Phillips to try and establish a partnership in the coming weeks, so that when Fabinho and when Henderson come back, that they can go back into their natural positions in midfield and they can contribute exactly where we need them to contribute. Um, Phillips, and there's loads of comments in the chat, Phillips hasn't put a foot wrong. Um, he looks like, dare I say it, without a care strike. And he looks a, an old-fashioned, durable centre-back, yeah, that can take a challenge. That can, No, that, that can seriously, you know, mix it up if he needs to mix it up. Um, and I think, you know, the, the thing we've got kind of in our favour now is we've got three very winnable Premier League games, we've got to take nine points from the next three. And then obviously in the middle of that, you've got a Champions League game, which we should, which we should, you know, we should manage through to 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 qualify in for the next round. So there's four games where you can establish that partnership. And I hear shouts of Davis over Phillips. That that I I, I can only I can only imagine that's born out of maybe some some fear that Phillips has got a mistake in him or there's no confidence on what people have seen in him uh, deep down because we haven't seen Davies yet. So I, I prefer to kind of go with what I've seen so far. And I think Davies, um, he might get his chance and it might come through injury because that's how most people's chances have come along this season. Um I mean, there's a there's a super chat there. Phillips was all over the place for the second lads. Yeah, look, I'm not I'm not saying he's perfect, but we've got to try and look, we've we've got to try and establish a centre back pair. And I think, as you say, it's sink or swim time. The one thing for me, there's a lazy comparison that I, that winds me up about Manchester City last season losing Laporte, but there's an element of truth. Obviously, they had to send uh, Fernandinho back into centre back. Um, because they couldn't really trust the other fella, Otamendi. Um and that weakened them in midfield. And we've been, you know, we 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 haven't learnt anything from that experience. And lo and behold, that you know, as as great as Diaz has been, there's Fernandinho at the weekend going back to 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 his 
to his tactical fouls, breaking things up as Arsenal are breaking on, on, on Manchester City over the weekend. That's what they were missing last season, just as much as the fact that they didn't have Laporte at centre-back. So, you know, we're, we're missing so much out of Fabinho and Henderson not being there. So I'm absolutely like, you know, we've lost so much ground. Let's let's try and establish a partnership for the next four games in those two lads. Um, and if and if suddenly Davies emerges with Kabak at the weekend, and that's the way he wants to go for the next four games, then then so be it. But I want to see two centre two centre backs stay there. And when Fabinho comes back, I want to see him back in midfield. And and there's loads of lads in the in in our in our WhatsApp group who think there's absolutely no chance that that happens as soon as Fabinho's back, he'll be played. All right. Um, and we've seen that Klopp hasn't got the confidence to go with his with his centre backs. Uh, we've seen it at times this season, and I think it's really been ultimately over the long run. It's it's been to our to our detriment because we haven't conceded a lot of goals. We haven't conceded a lot of chances. Um, where we've been lacking is the balance in midfield moving in then into the front three. And I think that's, you know, we can win games 2-1, 3-1, 3-2 again if we get the midfield in the front three, right? Pete, you, you this time last year, you were, you were a champion in Fabinho as a centre-back. Are you going to admit now that it's the stupidest thing that you've ever come out with given what we've lacked in midfield since, since no, we put him there? <laughs> Fabinho is our <laughs> Fabinho is our best centre back option. Nobody could have at the moment. Nobody could have foreseen the billion injuries that we were going to get at this stage. I, I mean, could. I, could. Missed, I predicted it in the, in the season predictions. No, I said, that, I said Van Dijk was going to get. I think. I think there's actually a text message in our pod group where I said Van Dijk's going to get a season ender after about ten minutes into the season. It was a few games out, but I was right. It was, it was inevitable that was going to happen. But anyway, go on. Sorry, what was it? No, no, we can feel free. I that text finished up. I know. Uh, it's, it's a, a, it's it's a go it's search. It's a, it's a, it's a different situation to the Jordan Henderson situation. Like I said, with Fabinho, you know that he can do both jobs, but you know equally what you miss as a midfield player. Jordan Henderson, listen, Jordan Henderson could do any job, but should he do two jobs? No, he shouldn't. So, no, uh, listen, we miss Fabinho. We miss Henderson being in there. And I think the, the main person that suffered the most is Thiago. You know, at the moment, people are saying, is, he, is Thiago this, is Thiago that? We're not good enough for Thiago because we don't have Henderson, the options of Henderson and Fabinho in there. When Wijnaldum is a fantastic player, don't get me wrong, and he will be a big miss energy-wise. But really, the ideal pairing in there would have been Henderson and Fabinho to support and allow Thiago to do what he does. But, I'm not having that about no, Thiago, Peter. I'm not having it. No, he is. Well, listen, I'm sorry. Poor El Thiago. Poor El Thiago needs to give him a hug. No way. No way. I know, I know that you. I know that you. Hang on, I know that you disagree for a living. But let's let's be straight. Thiago Alcantara is a cut above. Is a cut above everything that we've had in a long time. In a long time, this is a different class of football player. It's criticised. Cut like, above Suarez, Torres, and Steven Gerrard. No, 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 no,
accommodates the wrong word. We're not, we're just we're not set up to 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 deal with you know to deal with what he can bring. And I hope I hope that right. something can click before the end of the season. This is I don't I don't question a man like that. I don't question a player like that. And you shouldn't. Well, again, Pete, your argument that Fabinho should play at centre back, right? takes away from what Thiago can bring to this squad because at the moment he's trying to play two roles in the midfield. And I would argue that Thiago's style would be better if we converted him in the same way Guardiola has done with Gundogan in that he he played as a a tempo set in midfielder in Germany at the bottom of the midfield with a defensive midfielder alongside him in, in a more of a 4-2-3-1. And now they've put him in as the top of their diamond and a midfield runner into the box and suddenly he started scoring goals. Like, I think if you put Thiago at the top of the diamond and you have two functional lads, ideally you'd have Henderson and Wijnaldum alongside him there and then put Fabinho at the base and play Thiago between Mane and Salah for those little treaded through balls because teams are sitting deep it means you don't have to rely on the full backs to be your attacking providers and your assist creators you have like this a regista fella. well it, it, as I a don't know what a is Neil as a false 10 shut up you prick mm. <laughs> false fucking 10 gas me bollocks but it's honestly, I think I think the, the guy has the vision and the ability on the ball to unlock the, what, what Mane and what um, Salah are brilliant deal, which As is playing off the say, sh- He'd open a can of beans. Yeah, but Neil, he, but Neil, what he's brilliant, what, what the two boys are brilliant at is playing off the shoulders of centre-backs, right? At the moment, they sure don't that. have somebody to play off the centre. They don't have somebody to do that. And what they're also missing is when Yaldum was doing it last year and Henderson did it in, they used to do it in a tandem, that they attacked the box. We've no midfield. Yeah, Phil, have you not been listening? The lads are playing the centre half now. No, no, I, I, I have Neil, but that's because it's at the detriment of the midfield. And every time we take away from the midfield to put into the cent- in, into the centre back position, we're offsetting with a good part. Yeah, of but the I thought I cleared this up earlier on. Our fullbacks are more important almost than the centre midfield. That's why the lads are playing the centre half. Like if I have to say it again, I'm leaving. Yeah, but that that misses the point that teams now have to stop our fullbacks playing. And if our teams now have to stop their fullbacks playing, we have to find a different way to play. This is very true. And I go back to it again. It's the arrogance of the manager. Like I've been through this. I've been through all this. Fucking, is that one fucking listening? <laughs> but Nino, who would you play at centre back for the rest of the season? John Terry. Or would you just would you just would you just put a load of numbers in and see what two numbers you come in? Put the squad numbers yeah. in, right? In the ball. Got, you've just said we're not getting in the top four. We might even get into your open league. Sure, put fucking put Manning in centre half. It doesn't fucking matter now. <laughs> What are you like? What's the point of you just going? Yeah, this is what we should do. That's what we should do. Yeah, but at the but at the end of the day, we're fucked anyway. Do you you're like one of the, you're like one of the preppers who are prepping for the nuclear holocaust. When it comes, they're fucked anyway. He's going to ring one again. Yeah, the nuclear bomb. So yeah, well, come here. You're fucked anyway. You think head with this stupid poker <laughs> with just million cans of beans? <laughs> who would I play centre half? I would play a centre half at centre half. I agree with the two lads. Yeah. Yeah, so someone could, so someone could rub Thiago's back and make sure he's okay. Lads, what does Davies have to do to get a run of the team? Does he have to wait until somebody else gets injured? Has and to stay fit. Has to stay fit. <laughs> he's already he's been. He's already he, like he's he's already what played four hundred odd consecutive games for for Preston and gets injured yeah, within two weeks. Wait, get four hundred odd consecutive games for Preston. <laughs> <laughs> so me, me and Peter being sent a half for Preston there for 100 not consecutive games and then, all we, there we, already? and then we, we get a transfer to Liverpool because we get me for nothing does but a national fan get a game for Preston 
Hey. Right, there's an Arsenal fan in the chat <laughs> trying to give us abuse. <laughs> Arsenal. I mean, no, two words, Arsenal TV. Two words, Arsenal TV. Oh, Arsenal fans, they're just the best. That's just you were relevant oh. when Calvin Harris was just coming out. Anyway, um, <laughs> I suppose they're quite chuffed with Holden City yesterday to uh, to a one nil defeat. A one nil, oh, moral victory for them. Uh, uh, right. Anyway, what what we said. So, Ray, what's your solution? <laughs> Playing Quebec and Phillips as much as we can. Yeah, and if if that if if that's not working, then Davis, I, I you know I I don't want to see. Well, mind you, we haven't got the option of Fabinho and uh, mm. Henderson anymore um, unless they rush uh, Fabinho back. But uh, no, I, I want to see centre backs and centre back uh, at least for the next four games, and then see where we go from there. The thing about when Fabinho was in uh, at centre back and he was in that majestic run of form. Um, he, he was playing next to one other centre back generally, and Henderson was generally in midfield as well. So you weren't listen, you weren't losing both of them at the yeah. same time. I mean, Thiago wasn't even playing generally at that point. Thiago was out injured. Um, you know, he, he, he only he only like he only makes his home debut, doesn't he? Like he hasn't. I don't think he's. I think he's played four home games and he hasn't won a home game um, in a Liverpool shirt. He's, yeah, he's, like, he's, he's like the anti Mane. Remember, Mane yeah, hadn't lost exactly. the game at Anfield until that point. Hello, anti Mane. It's bananas. Like, the, fe- the fellas never taste the victory at Anfield. Uh, it's bizarre. It's just bizarre to go from one end to the other. Um, come here to me. On, on that note, um, P- uh, Neil. That everyone wants you to have the floor, so I'm going to let you have the floor. It must be it's it's, it's pure mental. What do you want me to talk about? Neil, well, your top look. You can change the topic if you want, but uh, it, like, I'm going to come back to you. And and your topic is meant to be about VAR. Uh, like VAR is the pits. And the half we signed. On, <laughs> Ibrahim VAR. <laughs> Ibrahim VAR. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like you, you've you've an issue with VAR, and I suppose an awful lot of people had an issue with VAR at, at another issue with VAR or whatever it is um, at the weekend on the back of the penalty decision for for Trent getting a knee in the back of the head. So go on, what you hate VAR? Do you? I haven't got no? an issue with VAR at all. Go on. So why'd you put it down? I, 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 was, I said it with family with tongue in cheek that it's all VAR's fault. And anyways. All right. No ways. People crying. Oh, yeah, where it is, where that. That's a lot of balls. <laughs> if we listen, if we were winning handsomely like we have been doing, like we had been doing in the past, and we had been trying to scrape fucking draws and wins, VAR wouldn't be a fucking issue. You know what I mean? It's VAR is only yeah. an issue when games are really, really tight, and you're kind of struggling to get a fucking draw at Anfield. Then somebody, you get a bad decision with VAR. That, then things only become relevant when the match is in, in a balance, and that's a, that's what tips the balance against you. Like VAR is it? VAR is VAR. Fuck VAR. VAR is the same for everybody. And crying about it is going to make it any better. I think, in fairness to you, Neil, it was me that had to go in the group about. So apologies. Um, I I just thought, listen, I'm not. I'm like Neil. I'm not a. I'm not the WhatsApp group. I'm not a. I'm not one of these people that has a moan about VAR. The problem I have with it, though, is I don't think it's there purely to to spot mistakes. I think it's there. It seems to be the way it's used. Uh, certainly by the referees association is to make sure that they don't haven't done anything glaringly glaringly obvious that they have it's to actually to overturn. 
exactly that they have to overturn the decision that they want to make to be honest with you it's almost like a foolproof that they can say i'm making that decision um, and there and there's nothing glaringly obvious that that means i have to kind of go the other way i have a bit so of a conspiracy theory about where actually uh, go on I'm, lo- I'm, waiting, yeah. I'm looking forward to this right. now conspiracy you know theory on var one you know the way, like I said initially, that the whole spectacle of football when there was no fans there, I said this back in Project Restart, it's a bag of shit, yeah? yeah. And it's been exposed for, for the vacuous nature of it. I think VAR is just there to generate public opinion. Because without VAR, football is shit. There's nothing to talk about because it's a bag of balls. But if you bring VAR into it, loads of bad decisions, it's on the back pages every five minutes. You know what mm. I mean? Think about it. Think show, away, I, think I, about I, that and come back to me. Right. I, I know it's not it. a bad show, Peter. I'm all over it. Right, we've we've talked many times about VAR. Anything you want to add? Because I've I've got a new one to go into yeah. my into my my symbiosis of of what I think of VAR and football chat is. But go on, I let you go first before I I I dip in. Yeah, just to say the comments have lit up since Arsenal for life come in. Like he's absolutely he's lit he's lit a fire underneath all of these uh, lads and girls in the chat. It's unbelievable some of the responses. Um. VAR, I've absolutely grown to to loathe it over over the course of this season. I did. I, I was I was in favour of it. I could see all the advantages of it, um, and I, you know, in the early days, um, although you'd get frustrated at a scenario where you thought you'd scored but you hadn't scored, or or, or vice versa, whichever way it was going, um, you always come back to the central argument of well uh, they got the decision right okay so you could always hang your hat on that but what this season has proved increasingly so by the week is that VAR isn't getting the decisions right it's consistently compounding a wrong decision in my opinion it's you're seeing a wrong decision and you're seeing either the referee or the VAR official or a combination of both somehow conspiring to double down on a wrong decision, which is mm. completely baffling to me. Um, it's always baffling to me why you can bring technology in, uh, Ray, right, and then leave the interpretation of that technology up to a human being. It's the whole idea not to take human beings out of us. That's fucking mad. And that's why goal line, goal line technology. That's why goal line technology was a was a breath of fresh air because it was black and white apart from that one game um, at Aston Villa where they forgot to switch it on. But uh, black and white, it was you know no human intervention, all technology. Um, and initially, it seemed it was kind of going along the same lines. You know, the technology <clears throat> at first seemed to give the humans, the ability to make the right decision, even though they got the initial decision wrong. But that's just gone completely out the window now. It's the still, only thing to do is not, to take human interpretation out of it completely and just let but, the computers decide, and then AI will take over and we're can, all can, fucked can, anyway. Can I, just, can I just jump in? Like, There's no issue with fire in the Champions League. There's no issue with fire in the Europa League. And it's very, it's, 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 it's very clear in terms of when they're set out, how it's used, and what it's used for. Right, So that's why it's not happening. I have a I have a very 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 specific belief now on VAR usage in the Premier League and why it is the way it is. I thoroughly believe that that the PGMOL are determined to undermine the technology and VAR as a system with piss poor decisions. Right. So is that the Premier League stop using VAR and it goes back solely to the referee's decision on the pitch which means they are questioned less. 
if you look deeply incompetent at being able to use the technology that's available and apply the rules, like they'll, remove, they'll remove the technology before they remove the institution. This is the English way at doing most things. They never question the institution. Mm. They question the tools of the institution. It's like when it comes to the the health service, for example, right? It's always the doctors and the nurses that are questioned about their ability to deliver the health service and never the people who run the health service. Like, And it, it's the same in both countries. It's, it's the same. It's always falls back on the institution. The institution will protect itself from being shown up to be incompetent and unable to use what's there for them to use, right? So going back to your point, Neil, if you take if you take um, these penalty decisions, right, in the Champions League, there's the over the overriding thing is a clear and obvious error by the referee. So you know this Mane one. Remember the Mane where he flicked it back from behind the line and uh, Firmino headed it in, and the goal wasn't given; it was given as a goal kick. And then absolutely there was, not. There was five million pictures taken of look at that ball it was over it wasn't fully over the line this was the same as the oak missing the point same as the game. that that in europe it has to be a clear and obvious error so if you stare down the goalpost as a linesman that ball looks over the line the referee thought it was over the line so there was no clear and obvious error so in that instance var is not going to step in and change the decision okay you do agree me there is a certain amount of corruption involved regardless of what angle they are at I, yeah i i, I think I think it's not so. It's it's about the it's about the mentality of of protecting the institution over the actual events. Which is yeah, that's very really yeah. British. That's yeah. very British. That's very British. I think Phil, you're onto something. To be quite honest, I hadn't considered that. That's a very it's British a thing. Pile match, like ales yeah. and mash. I would love no, if, if I would love teams to be allowed Sorry, to play three. Three. <laughs> <laughs> I would love a team to be able to allow three trump cards. In the course of a season, where they can, they can bring foreign officials in to ref and var the match, and see is oh, there a players. substantial, see if there's a substantive uplift in the quality of the game being refed and the decisions being made. Because if it was, then none of the none of the, the teams will go out. It's the Premier League. It's they will go out and they will say we no longer want to use the PGMOL. We want a new body to come in to referee our games, and we're not happy to use this anymore. They need an ombudsman. They need a comp- competition, Neil. They need another body that can referee games, and then it will be based on ability and not based on a closed, a closed shop, which is the PGMOL. Yeah, they, and they, would somebody, do- they need somebody to oversee them that's not involved. Those yeah. lads will be out like on the, the minute. The minute something like that happens, those lads will be out on strike. Those 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 English referees. They, they Fine, do- get rid of them. Would Would anybody miss them, Ray? Mm. Honestly, no, I'm, no, I'm absolutely, asking. absolutely not. No, they're not good enough to ref at World Cups. They're not good enough to rep- referee the, the late stages of the Champions League finals. They're not good enough to referee in European Nations Cup games in terms of what's going on. They're not good enough. And there's a reason for it. Fine but cast. they're good. But but they protect themselves. They protect mm. themselves beyond. They, will, they won't allow the mics to be mic'd up to let people hear what they're saying in terms of no. making those decisions. They won't let us hear what's going on when he's going over to review the video footage. And then they change their story. So if you take after that game at the weekend, it was the, we were told that the VAR... The guy, Michael Oliver, who was doing the VAR, said that he believed it wasn't a penalty, right? Mm. And that the referee overruled him on the pitch. He believed it was a penalty. Come Monday, Clattenberg, who's heading the PGMOL, says, no, 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 no. We weren't looking at the decision at all. What's it was only PGMOL? It's the Professional um, the Game Match Officials uh, Association. It's the name of, of, of who, whatever it is. It's the referees. Um 
But they, they then changed the story to say, no, we weren't actually looking at the penalty decision. It was only if we we're going to give a red card to Trent for being needed in the back of the head or not. That's right. And it's not the only thing. Look Certainly at the, look wagons. At, look at, Alfonso Ariola literally almost breaks the Sheffield United player's leg and then takes the ball, right? No penalty. Mane mm. gets grabbed by the leg in the Newcastle game, gets mm. taken down. No penalty. Harry Maguire elbows a fella in front of the referee in the United match, right? Last night against Newcastle. No penalty. Not on VAR doesn't even go back and change. It's just, if you have incompetent people doing the job over and over again, you will continue to get incompetent results. It doesn't matter what the rules are. And what they've done is they've faffed the rules as well to try hide their incompetence. So when they change what's mm. what's what's a handball, this thing, this, this short thing, that isn't in the group. That isn't the law of the game. This is an interpretation that the. Yeah, English I thought that was like something my Waterford fucking whispers that the short thing when I seen it. What I did? What? what? The the other element that I don't like is is I would I would far prefer if you had a fella uh, in Stockley Park, people in Stockley Park who were consistently in Stockley Park. I don't like this concept of referees who are on. Who, who, who referees who are on the pitch one, one, one game, yeah, and then talking to a lad where it, the following week the roles are kind of going to be reversed because you got that dynamic of well, you know, he's he, he's overruling me this week and what's going to happen now? Like, I would prefer the person to be talking to someone on a more consistent basis who is constantly in front of the screens rather than the fact that they're, they're, they're talking to a referee who's going to be actually on the pitch the following week or a few days later because I think there's an element of that where the try you know the, the protection for one another is definitely because of this dynamic of of, of mix, having this mixing it up what a show I wouldn't let well, the EPS watch my baby come for me let alone a VAR monitor <laughs> brilliant but come here, so you uh, see, I think the fucking mindset is there, right? That they think they're, they're going to be undermined by VAR rather than helped. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, so they're shitting themselves. Well, I think that's a mindset, then. That's an insecurity. I think that's inherent. I think that's an ex imperialism hangover. That's a that's deep seated. That's well, how it's, we're going it's, to be cured. It's, it's about, as Phil says, it's about protecting the institution, and they, they, they dare not say that they're wrong. You know, I mean, there's a. Sh- well, I, I mean, we can't say too much about institutions here, Peter. You know, man, things aren't going yeah. great here with the institutions. Holes full of babies there down the country. Yeah, I've never understood why they're they're not professional for starters. I mean, why not make these guys full time? They are. I mean, they are now. That's the worst part. Not, part uh, better people. They're full time. Yeah, <laughs> even the lads in the porter cabin there, Bletchley Park, are fucking full time. I think they're on. I think they're on something like seventy grand a year. Like, it's yeah, a full time yeah. job. Yeah, oh, my god, my goodness. My and what about I mean Mark Halsey made a statement what six six months ago about what's really going on this is a referee was a top level referee for 10 or 15 years made a Did statement he say, about hey, it. Hey, 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 hey. no going? no he made he made a statement about gambling com- Mark Halsey about the about gambling companies being in control of the, of the, the decision making process and the English just looked the gambling other way companies. Yeah, a lot of. Uh, right. I, I mean, I'm not going. Not going to. Man, there's a real man Alpha. Peter, no, that that's, is fantastic. No, Nobody seems to. Any powers running Bletchley Park? I'm just. I'm just saying this now. Now that we're deeper down in the hole of the conspiracy and the corruption <laughs> of institutions that exist in England, we may as well go on to our last official topic, which is: Is there an anti-LFC agenda out there? Now, P, <laughs> this, <laughs> this this is what you threw in there. Um, there's any tinfoil here, Handy? We are down in the thing. I'm going off to get a tinfoil helmet to put on the top now. Where are we going with this anti LFC agenda? I'm looking Listen, forward to it. 
you talked about you talked about earlier on circling wagons and institutions. I mean, at the top of the season, weren't Liverpool one of the ringleaders, one of six ringleaders, um, trying to put pressure on the Premier League uh, with regards to the European breakaway. You know, the, the, the leadership in the, in the, of the Premier League are humans like anything else. They're not going to take that lying down. I mean, there's always going to be consequences for things, things like that. Just look at the numbers. A clear 11 overturns against Liverpool. They're clear of anyone for the whole of last season. They're clear of anyone. I mean, it's 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 not just paranoia. It's it's not. I'm and I'm not one of these people who thinks oh conspiracy. I, I just think the game is the game. Things happen. But Get the cling film out and the rabbit rabbit. Seriously though, I mean, it, you, do you also think, batteries. if you if you don't if you don't think you I mean if you don't think that there's any kind of agenda after what Liverpool did, rightly or wrongly, you know, leading the charge for this uh, super uh, European Super League. If you don't think there's, there's there's no bad feeling left around, and if you don't think it manifests uh, by a little bit of let's show these lads and take them down a peg or two, I mean, I don't think that's tin. I don't think that's tin foil hat for me. That's just logic, you know. So the, there's an appetite out there to, to put Liverpool in that place. Um, I'm sure they've done it to other clubs in 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 the past, and they'll do it to other clubs in the future. But it just so happens that Liverpool have been on the wrong end of some. I mean, it's not even decisions. It's some of some of the things have just been laughable, to be honest with you, and it's consistently laughable. It's like lightning striking the same, it's the same place in the same way eleven times in a row. I know Fanatic got hit by lightning twice. I'm sure. <laughs> I am sure. Nilo, with, with your Adrian Edmondson head, come on. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think this? <laughs> There's a there's a there's an anti LFC agenda knocking about either the media circles in I, I, football listen, circles. Like I said, and he Peter says I disagree for a living. I don't. I'm a very agreeable <laughs> chap usually, but if you don't agree with me, you're a fucking agent. No, sorry. Is there an anti Liverpool agenda? Absolutely not. I don't agree with that for a minute. No, 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 no. The way Jurgen, the way Jurgen Klopp has heightened the Premier League and brought this, I'd say the the money they're getting. From uh, subscriptions, the money that's coming in for subscriptions to watch Liverpool after what they did and how much of an immediate icon he is, I can't say that. Now there's not an agenda against Liverpool. There's not. There may seem there is because uh, because Liverpool is shit at the minute. But the agenda there against Liverpool is their shit. That's their, they set their own agenda there. And it's not, uh, now, I, no. so I'm just gonna say no. Just 11, 11 or twelve coincidences. So. No, but there's no what, eleven or twelve. What? Because we've had eleven or twelve bad decisions against us. I mean, no, no, no not But bad that decision decisions. is open to interpretation. But that's you're interpreting interpreting them as bad decisions some because of, you're a Liverpool some, supporter. Some of the stuff. I mean, listen, the latest and greatest. How can a player who with his back off the, off the end of a sliding channel with his back to another player possibly foul the guy running? You can also, but come here, if if come here, if I was to, if I was to play devil's advocate, right, I could say he shouldn't have been in that position in the first place because the, so the sliding so tackle he went so in for was stop, silly. So, so do you want to outlaw the sliding tackle? Like did some he people impede, are talking about outlawing the goal scorer an opportunity. Yes, he did because his head was in the way a man's foot. You can uh, foul someone with your head. With his head, okay. He's the bravest. He's the brave. He's the bravest defender that I've ever seen. He's well, he's not. I love Robert Holt. What? This is yeah. great, Ray. I don't know. When, how uh, many against me, though? Ray, how many tinfoil helmets are you prepared to put <laughs> on you tonight? And how is your helmet? With pizza, <laughs> pizza, pizza, and six tinfoil helmets over the colander. That's where he is at the moment, right? Yeah. What? What are you? What, what, what level? 
What level are I you don't, down Look, to? I don't do conspiracy theories full stop, but what here I, comes what a I would, Here comes a what, 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 what is starting to kind of stick out for me is that it, there's the very least some kind of unconscious bias, I think, towards uh, to us in, in games um, from referees and from the, the, the VAR uh, officials as well. It, it, Pete's right. There is no coincidence for me in that respect. Like, whether, whether you like it or don't, and you and you think it's a, a load of nonsense, uh, you know, when you look at the amount of decisions that have gone against us, key decisions, like it's building up, I think we are into double figures now. I can only really think of one decision that's kind of gone in our favour recently, and that was when Son scored for Spurs after two minutes and we got into the real intricacies of whether he was offside or not, and we seemed to finally get a break in that game. But then, mind you, similarly in that game later on, didn't matter in the final outcome, but we get a, a, a very harsh disallowed goal when, when Firmino's adjudged to... Um, to handle a ball. So no, as soon as we get a decision in our favour, we get a negative decision, um, which was far more subjective probably. So um, no, I, I just, I think it's, it's amazing. Like we seem to be the first in, in, in all kinds of scenarios. Like we seem to be the first for the ref, you know, you, you think, you know, okay, a, re- a referee going to a screen means that something is going to be overturned. We seem to be the only ones when a referee goes to a screen that things don't get over, get over, turned and it got so ridiculous this this weekend to the point where he'd made his mind up before he even went over to the screen like you don't look at a screen for that length of time if you if you've already made your mind up as you're trotting over it that you're not going to change it irrelevant of what's just coming look he didn't look at the incident no didn't 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 let it like when whenever whenever a referee has gone over and looked at a decision like that they have stood there and you've seen four, five, six replays. You've seen different angles. You're watching it as they're watching it and you're starting to think, "Mm, was it, wasn't it? He went over there. He'd made his decision. He wasn't going to overturn it. Whatever we'd see, whatever was coming on the screen, he stayed there the shortest amount of time possible. And I do think there's, uh, we just, we just seem to be too consistently on the, on, on the wrong end of these bad decisions. If we went as shit as we are, that is the decision wouldn't have mattered. I so look, I get it. I get no, I get it. And we probably still would have lost the game one nil just as Klopp come out and admitted it. I think he, oh. you know, he, an- he answered it perfectly. But there's, there's, there, are, there have been times. Oh, he will answer it perfectly in the was... interview. Don't worry about that. He'll be man of the match in the interview. When it comes to picking the team, he has an ocean <laughs> at the minute. <laughs> but I tell you what, he gives a great interview. There's plenty of there's plenty of something to sell a car offside as well. There's been plenty of instances where, offside. where it's. Where you know, it's changed the momentum. Strange. Yeah, the Leicester offside. Yeah, the Leicester offside where that yes. line's drawn. And I mean, look, it, there's there's plenty of evidence out there that, um, and I don't even think it comes down to VAR. Like, we just seem to, when I watch games, um, other games, I just don't see the level of kind of, you know, consistently bad decisions going against one team in a game. Ray, you've just uh, talked yourself into a conspiracy theory there. Mm, maybe I have, but there's no, I think it's more, to, more to do yeah, with an unconscious bias but than, than, I, than anything else. Lads, I don't think, I don't think, again, when you're losing, 
you go grasping for straws, right? You go, you're, you're looking for a life jacket. You're looking for a lifeboat everywhere to explain. Again, like I've just been through this. Like if twice I've said it now. <laughs> well, hang on. You got to say it. I haven't got to say anything yet. So just you just say I, some different I, words. I, I would be, I would be more inclined to have a conversation, which is about the change of narrative that exists in the media that can subconsciously impact decisions and decisions going against teams. So when the likes of Project Super Superstar Big Picture European League comes out and we're positioned as the team that's driving this in England, right? Whether you take it or not, then people are going, look at these pricks, the PGMOL, look, look at these fuckers now trying to trying to get rid of us, go off and create a especially, Super League. Especially with it coinciding with us being the champions as well. It's and like, anything yeah. with Super League, the there's obviously there's a, You know, there's a kind obviously. of, we just want a Champions <laughs> or a League. Hero. Super weapon. You know what I mean? That's bad. James Bond we just go won on, a Champions on, League. Man. We just won a league. We're at the peak of our powers. We've got ourselves out to shit after 30 years, and we're so arrogant to now be leading this charge because we're at the top again. We'd be guaranteeing our place at the top table. These things are, are con- they have to take some kind of relevance in the background. Yeah, I know. So, just, so just, just hang up because, because then I look at it and I say, right, what is the narrative? What is what's this season narrative? It's like everything. Last year, there was such a favourable media narrative towards us. I always go back to when you get to the top of the pedestal, they all just keep, they've been waiting with their coconuts for the whole year to, to knock you off the top of it when you get there, right? Um, and this has been like, it's it's ice cream on top of ice cream with Oreos and a bit of Kinder Bueno sauce and a bit of Nutella put on top of it, right? And then just to wrap it all up, they've dripped some hot caramel and hot chocolate across <laughs> the ice cream because you couldn't have got an easier target to set up than a team that's ended up being rancidly covered with injuries. Has His form has dropped off. The manager doesn't seem to have answers to what's going on. And all of a sudden, you've got all this project superstar restart. Let's go off be super champions. We want five subs. This is terrible. We're not getting five subs. Oh, look, remember when Klopp go running up and down the line and shouting at the referees. He doesn't do that because the fans aren't there. You've got the likes of Carragher and Neville going, oh, this Klopp needs to do this. He needs to sign Connor Cody. No, no, he doesn't need to sign Connor Cody. He needs to now play three at the back. That's the team that has no centre-backs. He's to play three at the back. Well done, lads. What are we going to do? Play the three, the front three at the, at the back? Yeah, that's really smart. That's why you're a failed Valencia manager and that's why you're paid to talk about football and you've never managed a team in your life. So, you know, that's... I, so when, when, when I look at what we're talking about, it's about the... I don't think there's a conspiracy, but I think there's an awful lot of things that can drive subconscious reasoning in things that happen that aren't necessarily intentional but can if, if there's a 50-50 decision, it can go and look at it. So then when you step away and you go into the Champions League, you don't see the inconsistency in decisions. You don't see the narratives that exist because when teams, the European narrative that exists around Liverpool is that this is this is England's um, super team when it comes mm. to winning European trophies. Our unique selling point as a football club is about winning European trophies. The English team that always wins European trophies, no matter how bad they are or where they are in their cycle as a team, they always compete in Europe and they always get up and they always end up in a European trophy. Like I, I, You look at it. So you take United. Ferguson had, was, was dominant for 25 years. In that time, he managed to get United to five European finals. He won my two of them. And he won two. We've been to five European finals since 2005. We might get to what this is. Roy Hodgson has been our manager at that stage. We've almost gone bankrupt. 
Brendan Brendan Rodgers was a manager at one point as well and it was in his his first big job and Jurgen Klopp has been there Jurgen Klopp so far has been responsible for taking us to three European finals in that that's, time period oh, come here, that's unbelievable like, and I hear, I hear whispers today would you would, uh, so, uh, listen uh, would you do you stick with Jurgen Klopp what the name of fucking Jesus right. is wrong with it's, not a, it's not a credible question exactly no I wouldn't even try my own shite at them mm. no but this this and this is where I go back to so when you do but those subconscious triggers can impact big decisions that go on in games because they're even without thinking, you're thinking we have to put this in place. We had to put Klopp in place with his all his roaring and his jumping and the shouting and all that was going on last year because that was a narrative that's there. Oh, look at these fellas. Salazar was diving. Salazar was diving. Mane's diving, right? Yeah. That's there. It's it's buried in the back of the head. Whereas oh, yeah, when, 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 when they talk about Kane and they talk about um, Grealish Rashford and they talk attacker. about Rashford and they talk about, and even when they talk about Oxley chamberlain and they talk about Henderson and they talk about all the English players, nobody's ever a diver. They're clever. Mm. They win amazing. They yeah, win penalties. They're, they're doing the right thing. That's deep seated in the culture. I know, that's a different thing. I, I, I know, but but Neil, it all feeds in. When your front three or your front six are non-English, every single one of them are divers and cheats, right? But when you've got a front three who's who's who has two English players, they're incredibly clever and they're brilliant oh, yeah. players and they're coming through. Yeah, but so sure, Brian Robson never failed. Let's go. You go back as, as far as I when I first started watching football, Brian Robson wasn't a dirty player. Because he was England captain, he was a fucking animal. Alan Shearer is, is the dirtiest player that Premier League has produced in twenty years. He's a filth bag, but he's a big, he's a hard man hero. Dirt. I mean, he, yeah, he, he, he nearly put. I think I don't know who it was. He, he nearly put Robbie Savage in a wheelchair. But it's okay because he's hard. Alan Shearer, absolute disgusting player. But right. no, England captain. You we've know, seen like, the last couple of weeks, we've seen, you know, uh, fouls in key areas that weren't given. One against Mane last week that led directly led to a goal for Leicester. Um, and we've seen one this week on, on Salah again. Um, you know, he, he, he goes down and, and you know, the, the immediate kind of, you know, accusations about him diving again. You know, uh, it was a genuine foul. He just had to exaggerate in some respects. You know, yeah, and he's been and he's been forced to exaggerate because he doesn't think he's going to get the decision anyway. So exactly, yeah. So he's in a no-win situation at the moment. He's in a lose-lose. Okay, I want to, I want to, I want to um, move on. Just, I've asked everyone. I've asked everyone for a topic, and um, I, I, I'm just going to go through and see if I can find something. No, I can't find anything. Um, no, I definitely can't find anything. Most of it, most of them are bought into having the conversation that we're having around us. Um, and I suppose the only one that's, that's popped up there, and probably to end on a good note, right? On the mm. basis that we're struggling in the league, but we seem to continue to, to roll over the results in Europe and we still have, teams are still going to come and attack us, right? How do we rate our chances of going deep into the Champions League with a even potentially getting to the final, given the teams that are left in the competition? Can so I start? Who do you want to start with? I'll I'll go with Ray because Ray was the first say award. Yeah, thanks. Okay, I'll start with a very swampy comment. Um, As long as we don't concede the first goal in the second leg, (laughs) for start that that'll be a good starting point. But um, yeah, I've got this funny feeling that 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 Porto sneak through against Juventus and we draw them in the next round as as per usual. Um look if we get a kind if we do get through and we get a kind draw, who knows? Then you know, then then it really is game on. Um a lot to for me it'll all come down to I think I think we will probably 
have to avoid Manchester City, at least till the final anyway, until we get to a stage in the season where we've got more players that are available and it's a one-off game. And, and I think where the potentially City could shit the bed because the prize is right in front of them and guess who stands in the way. Um, I, I would love that scenario to play out, to be honest with you. So we have got a chance. Um, I think the players will raise themselves now for the Champions League. I still think there's a kind of a, a, a deep-seated desire more so to win the Champions League than the league for the likes of Salah and Mane and even Firmino to a point now. They've won the league. I know they've won one Champions League, but they definitely, I would say, have more hunger for winning the Champions League. So I would say, like, I would have us somewhere around the... I don't know, third, fourth favourites for the competition now. Okay. Um, Peace. We're going to the final. No doubt about it. And I tell you why, for me, the standard of, of uh, I mean, Bayern Munich aside, the, the standard of European football is is much lower than it was back in 2005. Italy, Italy, Italian teams are better. Spanish teams, in my opinion, maybe Bayern Barcelona were better. Um, we and more importantly, our the standard of our football was much worse, um, and I think I think everything about us now was much better. The way we're set up, I think we're going to the final. I'm not saying we're going to win it, but I think we're going to the final. And depending on on who we get, well, let's see. But I think I absolutely agree with Ray. I think all the eggs psychologically are in that basket. And I disagree with Ray on one point. I think Manchester City will be desperate to avoid us, and I tell you why. Because there's nothing worse than facing a wounded animal. We, it, it's a free shot. We get Man City in the semi-final, for example, or the quarter-final. It's, it's a free shot for us, and they'll know it. Everybody I'll you do is disagree, it, Peter, it, anyway, it, for fuck's it, sake. It'll be like 2005, let's face mm. it, won't it? It'll, be, me, like, it'll be like getting Chelsea in, the, in that semi-final that season. Mm. No no reason why why Chelsea shouldn't have gone through to the final, but they, yeah. they shit the bed that, that, on that particular occasion. Yeah, yeah. and the N- thing Neil, yeah. are you com- are you confident? Because I do want to do that that that, that topic. Yeah, before chat. I come into this chat, I was fairly confident about things, but I'm fairly depressed now. I'm not going to fucking lie to you. <laughs> uh, and I'll be honest with you, I think the uh, the kind of the the uh, the attitude of other teams towards Liverpool in the Champions League won't be the same as it is in the Premier League because the Liverpool are fallible in the Premier League. But I think they still have that kind of little bit of gold and a bit of a halo around them in, in Europe wide. So I think they might do all right, and I think Brexit could come into it. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. I like that. I like it. All right. Um, well, the fact that we oh. might have fans, we have we might have fans in our stadiums um, in England as a result of Boris definitely not rushing to reopen. I'm not going because all them vaccines they got are fake. They've too many of them. Well, now there we go. And Neil, well, thanks for this because it brings into our very very last topic that I want to get into. So, what's the best conspiracy theory you are absolutely convinced of being true? So, um, I have to think about that, Ray, boy. Um, I I'm, I'm gonna go with my one now, Neil. When I go with my, my one, yeah, I think you'll 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 jump as well for this one. The Mandela well, effect. Got, I, I've told for, you. I've I've told you. I don't do conspiracy theories. Go on. Well, right. You've gone about. You've gone on so, about one for the last twenty minutes. For fuck's sake. <laughs> there's, there's not one conspiracy theory you believe to be true. No, just don't buy into it. I take okay, everything Pete. at face value. Pete. I do. There's one for me. The Princess Diana was murdered. I completely, completely. I, I think the. I think the powers that be couldn't stomach the, the idea that she was going to marry into an Egyptian family, an African family. Um, She's marrying a pharaoh. And she was, uh, yeah. no, she was going to marry Muhammad, Muhammad Al-Fayed's son, uh, Dodi Fayed. Um, 
and I think the Brits uh, would have just torn their stomach. I think I think she was murdered. Grant, um, Nilo. No, I have to think about it, Phil. Well, some of the lads, some of the lads are going on about the moon landings. I hate to break the news to them, but when the Chinese who are who are no lovers of America and the Indians and the Qataris sent probes up to the moon, they did locate the stuff that NASA had left on the moon, which are the knocks that they never got to the moon on the head. So they did. Um, the one, the one that intrigues me more than anything, ah, then I'd, I'd, I'd watch, I watched them, you know, I've watched a, a million documentaries about it down the years. Is 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 whether it was really Lee Harvey Oswald who killed JFK? That's the one that intrigues me more than anything. Oh come here, well I'm all over that one. That was the mob. They clipped them. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, or the Bush family. Damn, and Bobby Kennedy. Um, <laughs> the one for me that I'm com- completely convinced. Isn't the conspiracy is, is true? No, no, no. The religions, religions exist for as a way to control people. They don't think, there's, there's, there's nothing to do with anything else. Um, control but the, the weak. Yeah, and it's when we, when religion stops being relevant, then we look at capitalism and, and globalism and, and what we have at the moment, materialism. That's why you have companies like Google and Amazon and, and all that type of stuff. People just look up to corporates now, as the same way as they used to look up to religions, um, and they side themselves with Apple. Oh, I'm an Apple person. Oh, I'm no, I'm not. I'm an Android person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're a fucking weirdo, um, and you've been taken over by the corporate mentality that the humans just like to be enslaved. We're just a serf. Um, creature that needs to have somebody else. We need to, have, we need to be able to look up to somebody oh, to say that somebody has control. There's a fucking over. load of verbal diarrhea now. I've never had the right. likes of it. Anyhow, the, the one for me is the Mandela effect. Yeah. I remember, I remember them announcing that Nelson Mandela. Oh, was oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that was me, Mandela. Impression. <laughs> <laughs> I can't actually do it. I tried my best. Now I remember, I remember Nelson Mandela being and his death being announced, um, and. There's a load of other things, and it's known as the Mandela effect, where thousands, millions of people around the world have these false memories of things that actually happened. And it's meant to be that it's, it's there could be proof that people can travel through time and have come back and have changed events, and that's why suddenly those things that happened suddenly no longer happened. <laughs> wow, that is such a crock of horseshit, Phil. I've never had the likes in my life. No, you can't remember shit that happens because humans have really bad fucking memories. Like I'm missing about seven or eight years. Okay. <laughs> how many people come here I'll ask you this Neil how many people were in were in JFK's car when the assassination happened I, don't only see, I wasn't there sorry four no there was a, not two guards on the back two his himself and two his wife in the front and, and two on the front I think there was six now see there you go Pete's right there was six people in the car everyone thinks there was only four what does that have to do with fucking happen it's the Mandela effect, Neil. Well, was only four. <laughs> I was only, he was in prison at the time. The poor cunt was cracking rocks. I'm just telling you. Right, then there was the... the, the, the what was the, the name of the bears? The bears. Chicago bears. bears. Chicago bears. No, the, not the Chicago <laughs> bears. <laughs> bears. Oh, teddy, teddy, bears teddy bears, teddy bears. <laughs> There is there is a whole thing. Like, go on. Like, like, I, I, encourage, I encourage anyone to go on and look up the Mandela effect and look at all the things <laughs> that you thought happened that suddenly don't happen now. Right, honestly, it's a whole lot. It's the, what's the name of the bears? Because then there were something yeah, the bears. bears. No, there was there was something bears. <laughs> and, bears. Um, <laughs> and then what they, they were doing was they changed the spread. Pigs, yeah. 
Mandela effect lads we're living the Berenstein Bears thank you everyone oh. the Berenstein Bears right they're now known as the Berenstein Bears and I'm telling oh. you now when I grew up it was the Berenstein Bears with a, with a hundred percent and if you look Neil look up a picture of the Berenstein Bears and Absolutely when you not look gonna up, they're not Berenstein at all it's it's an absolute joke shop so that the Mandela effect is real it's not a conspiracy it's real and also um, if Carl Torley if you're watching out there if you you can use Google Maps to see the Pentagon, so that knocks your nine eleven theory on the head. That's all I'm just saying. Right. That's and that's going back about six years at this stage. So oh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I'm the sheep and I was involved in that one. Yeah, there was there was go herders in Afghan being trained as pilots, according to to Carl Torley. Um, so oh, the lads, and this is straight away building seven on nine eleven. I was waiting for this one to pop up. To, um, it's a it's a it's a valid one. Oh, I hate all this shit. I, <laughs> I love it. I really do like it. It's a load of bollocks. It's like mm-hmm. it's a conversation for fucking mongos. Remember we used to be able to go to pubs years ago, yeah, and you kind of lean back on your chair because you're bored listening to your mom, right? And you think, oh, jeez, I'm going to listen to what these lads are talking about. It might be a bit of crack. And there's four tits talking about conspiracy theories. <laughs> just go, yeah, remember taking a taxi, fucking going home, getting a cutie. Berenstain Bears. No, the Berenstain Bears. I'm telling you. And it's not the Yogi Bears or the Gummy <sighs> Bears. It's not the Chicago Bears. It's the Berenstain Bears. Wanker Bears. Just, some yeah. great bears shouts there, though, to be fair. There was some great shit. And someone else has said, like, this is what losing to Everton has turned us into. Jer, you know what I mean? Jer Cahill, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a that's a, that's not real. Yeah. So it's, um, uh, yeah. So that's been about it. Anyhow, the Bermuda Triangle, well, lads. The Bermuda Triangle is is, is commonly caused by the way the. Uh, I tell you, I've just thought of one, yeah, and it's relevant. Yeah. The biggest conspiracy of all is football is for the masses and not just to sell a shit. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. What? Did, yeah, why why do man- we have? Why, what does? Why do we have television to sell us that, shit? That's that, all that's, it's for. That's that's a great one from Ant Wango there. He says the Mandela effect, lads. What did Luke? What did what Guy did Walker. what did Darth Vader say to Luke? He said he was a Zelfle. Did he? Did say. Yeah. No, he didn't. Uh, honestly, the line the line that everyone thinks it's not Luke. Oh, yeah. Luke, I am your father. Never says. No, that he line. didn't say that. He just says, "Help me remove my mask." No, no, no. Um, we're talking about in the Empire Strikes Back when he's hanging out with the city in the sky, and he chops Luke's hand off. Right, you kill my father, and he goes, "No, Luke, I am your father." Never says that. Now that's been taken out. That's been doctored and has been removed, and it would never happened supposedly. That's a that's a Berenstein Bears. So there you go. Right. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> There we go. I hope somebody's recording this. I know. Right. Uh, Nilo, Ray. This is, this is like, he, like, we're like, we're like four lads in a home. Well, <laughs> you know, when they sit the mental people around the TV. It's so matter of fact, that's the Bernstein Bears. Yes, know, that's just for, yeah. for everyone, everyone out there, um, Gav is now doing. This and everyone needs to get on. We we have a weekly newsletter that's out there. It's it's at getreview.co profile LFC day shippers and it covers off what shows on our work was coming up and who's on what shows and what we're doing. Um, and it's definitely there. And you'll see all the stuff with the links to the um Kane Strong and stuff like that yes, in terms of who we're supporting. So definitely get on there. And it's been great in terms of the donations that have gone in from I think he only needs 19k now to get to the total that he wanted to do, which is which is fantastic. Um I just want to say thanks to everyone again for watching tonight. Thanks for the comments. We love them. Um it definitely makes your night, especially when you see some of the stuff that's going on um i 
want to say personal thanks to all you out there. Um, it's it definitely brightens up my week looking at all your pain that you go through. Um, it's <laughs> so, <better. laughs> so good to see it there, how much you're suffering again. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a Zoom call for the bewildered. I know, yeah. Um, I've been your host, Phil Casey. That's been Ray Dickinson. That's been Pete over there. And that's been Neil just over there. The lads are up again for the midweek fix. There's something else going on on Tuesday. There's something else going on on Thursdays. And then there'll be something else going on on Friday. Good night. God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.